Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. And welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I have for all of our listeners, the owners of Mac Mart, Marty Lieberman and Pamela Lorden. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. <laughs> no problem. So I did look up your business and your history and how you got started. But for our listeners out there, how did you get started? Marty, you want to take, take this, this one, one over? Yeah. Yep. So we started in 2013 as a food truck on Drexel's campus with no idea or insight or thought of ever opening a brick and mortar and beyond that. And so obviously what happens in the food industry is nothing goes as planned and expected. From our food truck, we opened a shop in Rittenhouse. And so we've been doing all mac and cheese creations for the last 10 and a half years in every way, shape or form you can from our truck and our store that's in Rittenhouse. Now, I know you had did that as a startup without going to school for that. What was, you know, what was your inspiration for for doing that? Because that's a huge jump from going to school for and receiving a degree and and then, you know, opening up a food truck without any prior uh, information, without experience. So what inspired you to do that? First inspiration, I think you would say was both my sister and I, while I think we have very lovely personalities, we do better as our own bosses. So for for the most part, besides for the recipe of mac and cheese and the concept that hadn't been done in Philly before, which was a very important part to us to do something innovative and different. But besides for that, I think my sister and I, whether it was intentionally or unintentionally, always just knew we would be better off being our own bosses and kind of like taking the wheel ourselves. So I would say that was a large part of it. And then the other was the innovation, doing something that the city could use, the city could want, people would want, and that hadn't been done before in Philly. Yeah. And I mean, food trucks, when you started yours, food trucks were, I think, really huge. Yeah, they were huge and in huge trend, you know, more and more were coming out. So the fact that you, you know, you you're bringing about something that's cheesy, that's comfort food and, you know, offering it to people. It's it's it would draw me in for sure, especially given I love checking out food trucks and various different comfort foods. In yeah, yeah. So how how did you? Because I know that you created a menu where you're you you're playful with what you offer. Do you want to take menu question over? I mean, yeah, it's it's really just because mac and cheese is such a fun food. It's nothing serious. We weren't doing like farm to table vegetables or you know using a sous vide. We were just making delicious mac and cheese. So I thought we, I think the thought there was just making the entire experience with Mac Mart, something playful and silly and um, a comfort all around besides for just the actual food. Yeah. And I know that you uh, crumble. Now, I'm not sure if it's panko crust and chips the entire, like across the board, like if that's your mixture. But I know that, you know, a lot of your, your mac and cheeses offer that kind of panko crust and uh, chips topper. Did you come up with that? Like what drew you to like crumble in that the chips in there to add in, in that extra like saltiness? I think that was like a what did we have on hand when we first <laughs> made this recipe? Um, we were probably was- eating chips. 
it was yeah I mean I think it really came about as something like what do we have on hand what's delicious what do you know me my sister and I often reference things as you know I don't know if this is PC nowadays but like fat fat kid food food. yeah so like it was kind of like what do we want to eat as our breadcrumb and like my sister said we we don't ever want to get you know too big for our britches or too fancy for our kitchen so it was kind of like what's a delicious thing crumbled up and that's kind of how I think the potato chips came about because we had tried the Cheetos thing and like, well, it's good. It like didn't stick as like, you know, the original topping for all of our bowls. Now but the topping, the topping has kind of helped us across the board though, with people that are used to what I call a dry baked mac and cheese. Dry. I can't for my, for, I can't fathom why anyone would put it in an oven, but there are millions of people who love it in an oven. So I think for us, it was trying to give that baked mac feel when you kind of first stuck your fork into our mac and cheese. You still had that crunch. Um, and then, of course, the creamy mac and cheese. Yeah. And I have to say, I mean, I've had I, I love mac and cheese. It's one of my favorite things to make. I, I've I've definitely had my moments where I, I broke that that creaminess and it kind of clumped. And um and like but. Coming down with a method where you guys consistently create mac and cheese that's absolutely creamy and delicious. Like, how long did that take or was it like right out the from the get go where you like, that's it? Because I read that um, for your uh, college graduation party, that's yeah. that you had created mac and cheese because you had healthy food and you were like, I want something decadent. Yeah. And Yeah, it was a happy yeah. accident. <laughs> it was a happy accident. It was a tiny win, if you will. Yeah. That turned into a big win, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. And I and I know in prior um interviews you you you've stated that, you know, I'm not going to uh franchise and whatnot. But it, <laughs> but I feel like across the board, that's the worst thing you can say is I'm not going to or I'll never because you can never say I'll never because you don't know yep. what's gonna like happen down the line. But you are very popular. I mean across the board I don't know anybody who doesn't who doesn't know you or know of you or have tasted what you've offered. Um in Philadelphia. Oh, that's so nice. PJ, do you feel that way? <laughs> I do not. We have random people that walk in every single day and they go, oh my God, I walk down this street every single day. Every day. And how long have you guys been here? And we're like, uh, almost eight years. They're like, wait, <laughs> what? <Here?" laughs> so that is a really great thing to hear. Yeah. We also get, we also get the people that are like, every time I walk by, you are so packed. And me and my sister are like, what days or years are you walking by? But it's so kind. It's very nice. <laughs> I mean, you're certainly popular and you're popular enough that, you know, you're offering offering those franchise opportunities now. Yes, this is true. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. So I guess we shouldn't downplay it at all. Yeah. We want no. people to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, like spreading the word, like word of mouth, like I, I'm in the food community. So maybe that's also adding to like why everyone I know like has has tasted what you what you've created um but you're extremely popular and you and you know and and I love the fact that you also offer um what is gluten-free and vegan options as well we are yes. very inclusive at MacMart <laughs> all the way around <laughs> so um I, obviously like you're gonna have to create something that's a little bit tweaked um 
from your normal atypical flavors if it's vegan or um, gluten-free. But what are some of your more popular items? First and foremost, it's funny that like so many of our bestsellers have come from so I know one of your more popular flavors is okay. in like the uh, buffalo yeah. chicken mac. Yeah, in the buff. Yeah. What are outside of in the buff? What are some of your more popular items? And you know what's what's the draw? You or me? Um, I don't so definitely our honey sriracha chicken, which is something. It's funny. In like the last few years, there've been a few bowls that we've added to the menu. That like kitchen wise and on the back end of things, like when you work in a restaurant, you know that they're like I don't want to say annoying to make because we're grateful for every bowl that goes out, but there are ones that you're like, please don't order, please don't order, please don't order, because they either take like five extra steps. All of those have become our bestsellers. <laughs> so it's like our honey sriracha chicken, which is a crispy chicken that we coat in a house-made honey and sriracha sauce, which is really amazing. We top it with crunchy fried onions. Um, my sister rolls, hand rolls, um, all of our macaroles, okay. which are our mac and cheese spring rolls. They're incredible. So like those are a big seller, especially during holiday times. Um, Peach, what else? I mean, there's Krabby Mac. I mean, some people, if, if you're visiting Philly, a Whitmac will be really popular just because that's the cheesesteak bowl. Uh, lots of people really love anything that we top with cornbread. So our barbecue options are definitely popular. Um, it's really across the board. It's it's a personal taste type thing. Yeah. I know I know. for me, I love a, a really good, well-made um, Philadelphia cheesesteak one. So I because I've had them where it's so decadent and like gooey and I think that you guys fall under that obviously but you know having having that cheese and the meat and just you know it's just savory and comfort food just all in one little you know like not little but yeah. like it's a good bite yeah it's like a good rounded bite exactly and I and that's something that like resonates I'm like this is not diet food people like <laughs> No, <laughs> do not we go in not there. <laughs> Don't go in there thinking, "Oh, I'm on a diet. Like I'm gonna have some. I'll I'll find something to eat." No, you're gonna have a cheat day, and you're gonna enjoy it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what, you, especially nowadays, like you you need something delicious to look forward to. Nowadays, the world is such a silly place that, like, me and PJ often will when we have meetings, we'll like find somewhere that we could do something delicious. We have it just because. It's like the best part of the day is eating something good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, really, like, everything in moderation um, is is acceptable. Like, so if you're, if you're, like, going, oh, it's the holidays, maybe I should, like, watch my... No. Everything in moderation. Eat something that's indulgent because it's going to make you happy. Yeah. And it's the holidays, so you should be eating. I find a reason to eat no matter what. So you could <laughs> say it's sister the holidays. Would be like, it's four yeah. on Tuesday. <laughs> eat something so good. it's time to eat. Yeah. I like I like that concept. Um, but also, really quick, it's, it's so funny that the world is still in this space where like everyone still thinks, and I won't mention any names because we've said it before in other podcasts and, and in other publications, but like a salad isn't like the end all be all healthiest option. So it's yeah. kind of like you can either have a meal with, with really great value because you get a huge portion for a good amount of money and it's made with all whole products and good ingredients. Or you can go get a delicious salad, which you can, but like it's loaded with cheese and olive oil dressing and bacon and like you're doing the same it's thing. It, calorically, yeah. it comes out it comes out the same. It's just there's a mental thing about it where people are like 
digging into a bowl of mac and cheese and it just feels so much more indulgent than, you know, your thousand calorie salad that you think, you know, you're doing your body good with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love mean, those too. <laughs> you're still, yeah, you're still getting nutrients. I mean, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And like if you're a runner, you're carb loading. So yeah, like exactly. Doing double duty. Exactly. Now, um, speaking of doing double duty, like you guys also cater, correct? Yes, oh we cater. We, so we many cater. things. We, I was just going to say, PJ, we cater. We have vending machines. We do school lunches. We do it all. Any way that we could sell mac and cheese, we sell it. Or and, other stuff. If you want other now. stuff, yeah. we'll, we'll make some other stuff too. <laughs> I want cookies. We bake. (laughs) You'll do it all. Yes. (laughs) Um, With your catering, I was wondering: Do you like if somebody wants to hire you to cater their, you know, private event, or like the if they're, you know, buying a catered tray of of one of your macs? Would you tweak your mac and cheese to like, you know, if they were like, oh, but could you put this in or you know that in? Oh, you mean like tweak to what they want? Yeah, yeah. Like a, like a customized flavor or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we do that all the time. But for the most part, the actual recipe never changes, which is nice. Like we don't have to change the recipe to to fit either like even the reheating or the heating needs of a customer. Like it's the recipe works. In all the base ways. recipe yeah, we'll- has been what it is. We don't touch that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have another question because with all the pop-up events that are happening in the city to celebrate, you know, the holidays, like, you know, you're not, uh, you're like a stone's throw away from uh, the Love Park and City Hall. Uh, Are you going to vend anywhere? I don't think we're going to be vending. Are we vending this season? No. And we got rid of our food truck like three and a half years ago at this point, probably four years ago now. But um, we've been asked, which is nice, but I know that they ask all the food businesses in the city, but like we've been asked to do Christmas village, um, and things like that. But quite frankly, our team is so small and we're already kind of so thin we're also to right around the corner, all the things that we, yeah. Yeah. The, you are very, so, um, we probably won't vend at, um, at Christmas village. Yeah. I think she's like probably driving, which is why. It's going in and out. Coming in and out. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Just just join back in. You don't have just, you know. Yeah. You don't have to apologize. Um, It's it's just all part of being on a a show. So um, but all right. So let's get down to the nitty gritty, because obviously you make a bunch of different options, a bunch of different flavors. And I ask this of everybody because, you know, it's it's just a you know a question that I'm curious about. But do you have a preferred mac and cheese? Like I'm, Ugh. you know, I'm 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 craving a mac and cheese, and I want this one because that's my favorite one off the list. So I'll answer that first, just because yeah. my sister actually is funny as this is because this is recent. This isn't even since we started. She's actually become gluten free. Oh, no. Yes, torture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, she still finds ways to eat the product because she makes what we call topping bowls. Mm. But I am the one that is there constantly eating bowls of mac and cheese for my meal while I'm there. And literally, it changes by the day because if I happen to make like a Barclay basil chicken bowl, which is with fresh mozzarella and our basil pesto chicken, 
And if I give it to the customer and it just looks extra delicious, I need to eat that for lunch. So then <laughs> that day, it's all about the basil bowl. But then, you know, I see the onions come upstairs one morning. I'm like, oh, these are caramelized perfectly. And then suddenly I'm like, everyone needs to eat the Whitmac. You know, yeah. it's all about the Whitmac. Yeah. I'm I'm very much like my sister said, well, I can't eat the actual noodles anymore, though we do have a good gluten free alternative, like we said earlier. Um, the um, I'm anything with our ranch and bacon. Mm. My sister's <laughs> ranch recipe is like drinkable. Like I could squirt the ranch bottle straight into my mouth. It's delicious. Um, and so anything that I can put the ranch on with some bacon, which like my sister said, is often a topping bowl, which is just Ranch and bacon. bacon ranch and she'll use cheese sauce and panko i think the panko <laughs> is where she feels like she's it's building a base yes yeah. yeah. i feel like panko is the binder sometimes i add tomatoes for you know antioxidants yeah um, that's her healthy bowl <laughs> but for the most part anything with her ranch and our bacon it's like golden gotcha well, I love the two of you you guys have wonderful energy and obviously uh multiple meals <laughs> that I would <laughs> indulge in. Um, but for our listeners out there, where can they find you online and in person? Mark? Yeah. So online, you can check out macbarcart.com. We have all of our catering, Mac machines, in-store ordering info, all of that on there. Um, on our Instagram, at the MacMart. And just keep in mind that we are everything you know, A to Z mac and cheese at our shop, but we also have uh, vending machines and we do catering and cold lunches, hot lunches, holiday trays. So really any which way that you're going to crave mac and cheese, get in touch with us because we can make it happen for you. Yeah. And we're located physically at 18th and Chestnut in Philadelphia. There uh, you go. See, what would I do without my right hand, my sister? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Marty and Pam, for uh, for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for having us. <laughs> this is so fun. It was. And we will be right back after this short break. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during Drive Time Radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com, ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com, or arpolicus at gmail.com. Hi, and welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. And I am so happy to introduce all of our listeners out there to Michelle Delp, who is the GM of Moshalu, which is in Philadelphia. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you officially. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we, like... For our listeners out there, um, I've been to the Moshalu like several times, and I'm, I mean, outstanding, by the way. Just the venue itself, like, it, it's breathtaking. You have multiple, like, sections within within the Moshalu, you know, different levels. Like, there's so much going on and so much to be proud of. But before we get into that, how did you get started in the hospitality industry? Yeah, so I actually, I, I, been with the company now for about a little over 16 years. So I am a lifer with uh, Fearless. <laughs> with you, I mean, I don't feel like you hear that much with restaurants anymore where no. like you, you really, this is my career and it's been with the same company. And this was, of course, I started back before it was Fearless. Now the name Fearless Restaurants actually comes from Shulu. 
So uh, Mashulu is an old Seneca Indian word, which means one who fears nothing. And that was one of the big ventures that was Marty's first. And so this is Fearless Restaurants. So it actually was the the origin. I just... um, I've been with the group for a long time. I was originally going to school for social work. And the reason I really was drawn to that is because I really enjoyed helping people. And then through that, I was working at restaurants to, to make ends meet. And I moved to Philadelphia with a friend and he was working at the boat at the time. And he recommended I get a job there. And that just changed everything for me. So working there, I really saw a different level of making people happy. And I sort of fell in love with the hospitality side of things. So what I do on a regular basis is just sort of make people happy. You know, we, we host the birthdays, the baptisms, the weddings, the celebrations, and that part of it. That's I, I feel like that's the part that I've been addicted to from the beginning. <laughs> so I, and 17 years in, I've I've uh, I've got a lot of stories. Sure, a lot of them I won't share on this. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's secret stories too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but no no pun intended because I'm going to use the word launch because you know it's on a ship. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's you've launched many different stories for people's lives too. Like you, it's a the backdrop is breathtaking, by the way. Uh, if you go onto any of the decks, you pretty much have the backdrop of Philadelphia, the the Delaware Avenue, Ben Franklin Bridge, you can see. Um, and it but it's it's launched not only your career path because obviously if being there for, for six, sure, yeah, yeah, sixteen years, it's it's it, that. With turnover being what it is, you have been all, all. I mean, and that's through, you know, we have a lot of, we still have servers that have been there 10, 12 years. Yeah. You know, that's, that's almost unheard of, not to mention through two COVID shutdowns in Philadelphia, you, you know, where people were just, we had to figure out a different way to do things. So yeah. there is something special about that place. And obviously, you know, the size of it alone, it's, it's a little bit longer in length than a football field. And it's we have the inside dining and then we have the three decks outside. There's five bars total. So we can host parties. We've hosted parties up to 1,500 people. Oh, wow. So there is a possibility. That's why we might have not really met in person before because <laughs> it is so big. But it really lends itself to a party, to a celebration. So that that spot alone, I feel like, does have to work for us because we get people on, you know, the wedding it's the most stressful day of your life. It's also the most wonderful day of your life. And we are the ones that are making everybody happy. So we have from the parents of the bride, parents of the groom, bride and groom themselves, the guests and, and all the little details that you have to hit. But if it's a gorgeous day outside and they have that view, I mean, that's that's most of the work right there. Yeah. Everything else is everything else is small details. So, and if I recall, because one of the times that I've been there, like it, one of the events I've been to, it was, it was kind of on, on the chillier side and, and definitely windy. I can't remember if it was raining or not, but I feel like I recall you guys, you know, can, can encase those upper decks too. Yeah, we have their tented. So the ceilings are 18 feet and there's tented sides. So they're remote controlled. So we can you know, push them up and down at the touch of a button. The ceilings also, we're, we can close them fully, but they're vented. So they also open up so they can be a skylight as well. Yeah. So we'll do parties out there. I mean, we were having a New Year's Eve party, 
but we'll do parties out there all the way through the winter. Uh, obviously, we don't do dinner because with 18 foot ceilings, it's just and, and when you're sitting still at a table, you're getting cold. It's just not the same thing. But for weddings and parties, you know, people, you have a few glasses of wine, which always, you know, warms everybody up pretty yeah. quickly. Um, but you're moving around, you're dancing, you're socializing. And we've had parties out there in January when it was negative degrees and you wouldn't have known it. We did a coat check outside the door and nobody needed to grab their coat. So yeah, it's definitely something that goes it goes all year round for sure. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about the menu because obviously you guys always, you know, change your menu seasonally along with, you know, every restaurant, like every good restaurant that I know changes seasonally. Um, I have to say this is the first time that I, I, I had individually, like it was almost crispy rice with the, yep, the spicy tuna on crispy yeah. rice. I was actually going to mention that that's probably uh, one of the staff favorites. So, you know, it's good, yeah. uh, but it's, it's crispy rice. And then it's a uh, sushi grade tuna that is on top and they do a little bit of uh, spicy aioli mixed in there too. So it's definitely something that that is that is a huge must do if you're going to dine on the boat. The um, we do a lot of raw bar stuff. So we do a lot of crab legs, oysters, shrimp, that kind of thing. And then we do a lot of the entrees are a good mix because you don't really want to just be seafood. There's a lot of people that don't, you know, it, you're going to quarter your market on that. So yeah. do a good mix. We have uh, quite a few steaks on there, quite a few uh, chicken. We have a uh, shrimp and pork belly dish that is just like a surf and turf but it is like melt in your mouth good so <laughs> how have i not been introduced <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you always need a reason to come back so yeah. you can just say you're you're coming back to try it you know? <laughs> uh, yeah i was like an order of the uh the sushi grade ahi tuna spicy tuna on on the crispy rice because i have to have that i really only had like one when i was there and i was like oh, and where did it go <laughs> it's a teaser yeah yeah for sure <laughs> And, but I definitely pork belly. I mean, come on. Yeah, the, the uh, chef does a good job, you know, working with when you have to change your menu seasonally, you can't really you got to think of new things all the time. So yeah. there's always new things. And, you know, we also Anthony's been with the Mishulu for a long time, so he knows what works and what doesn't work. So uh, the pork belly, for sure, he's a master of of uh, plating that. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think um, one other thing I would say, too. I always encourage people for coming in to check out the place for the first time to ask for a tour. So we all, the managers on board, like we know the space really well. We know the history of the ship. We know how to give you a tour and show you the fun stuff and skip the boring stuff. So mm -hmm. we can give you the inside scoop on everything. Um, but it actually really just, it shows you there's so much more to see. And it really adds to the experience too, because it's not just a restaurant. It's not just a dining room. The, the boat is an experience. That's yeah. really what it is. It is a it is quite the experience, too. And it's impressive. Um, but I actually, the amount of times that I've been there, I don't even know if I've heard the the story behind the, the ship. Yeah, the ship, it, it's, uh, it was built in 1904, and it was originally a cargo vessel. So there is no engine. And when you look at that thing and the stories of it sailing around the world, it's almost, it seems impossible. And you read about the crew who was at max 32 guys on that ship. And then they were 16 to 21 years old, wow. 16 to 21 years old, which in today's times, just you would be like, no way anybody can handle that amount of responsibility. 
and they sailed it around the world. And there are rooms that are converted into offices now, but you can still see pictures of what they looked like when the guys were bunking in those spaces in these tiny little, tiny little rooms uh, with the with the views on the side. It's been through. It was in World War One. It was in World War Two. In after World War Two, was actually actually on a grain mission, and it was captured by the Nazis. Oh wow! So the Nazis. <laughs> There could be like a History Channel special on this place. Yeah. So the, they demasted it and just kept it for storage at a bay. And there was a huge squall, huge storm, and it actually capsized the boat. So the boat had to be brought up from the bottom, which, again, is just like years and years and years of history. So you, it's stuff that we enjoy talking about it when we're giving the tours. I specifically enjoy talking about it. Because I like it just kind of reinvigorates the fire for it. And mm. you just forget that, like, I'm walking around this place all the time and I'm on these decks and I'm looking at this view. And this is just sort of my work window. So I see it every day. Yeah. And I see people walk on board like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. And I want to share that. I want to take everybody around and, and show everybody a little bit. I and the next time I'm there, I'll have to try to track you down so that you can show me because that I mean, the history of it in and of itself is amazing. And maybe maybe I can, you know, do something where I come in for food farms and chefs and like show everyone around. Um, but yeah, that's... we'd be happy to host. I mean, especially that place. There is nothing like hosting a party at that place. Yeah. It is like it is the most fun thing. And just walking around and, and, you know, with everybody in different spaces and different rooms and everybody just having a great time and celebrating. And, yeah, there's nothing like hosting a party there. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a party, Mars. You could just come in. I'll just show you around. <laughs> yeah. The, well, that's what I mean. Like, I would love to, like, go around and, like, see and, like, or, you know, or... And and obviously, ha you know, eat afterwards because, I again, like, I, I'm going to circle back to the food because... Because the food that you, that you guys offer, the menus that you guys offer are awesome, you know, like amazing, outstanding, and your bar menu too. Yeah, we've done a lot with. Uh, we're actually getting into a little bit more of the zero proof cocktails now, so it's sort of more trends that we're seeing on social media, that we're seeing on Instagram and TikTok. That um, some of the younger generations are going for some of the zero proof cocktails. So we have a couple of them on our website right now that we're trying out. Um, and obviously you can try as many as you want because you're not going to, you can do anything afterwards. It's not going to affect your day at all. Yes. I, and I love zero proof for that reason, because you can have that, that feeling and that experience without having to worry about the fact that you you're indulging in, in a cocktail. Like, <laughs> yeah, you actually get like, there is, it's a cocktail experience. They're yeah. made with the syrups that we make in house. They're made with the fresh herbs. We do like a burned rosemary in one of them. So you're, you're getting the full on attention. I think a lot of times people that don't drink go out and they are, you know, there's mocktails available. Yes. And basically a lot of times it's juice with some seltzer or something like that in a cup. So this at least gives people the option of having like that really in-depth flavor and again, you don't have to worry about doing the cocktail thing. Yes. But we also have five bars, so you can have as many cocktails as you want. 
And I mean, and that's the point is you have multiple, multiple tiers. There's different options. So if whether or not you want to have an experience like in so far as hosting an event or you're going there for dinner, like, or, you know, you guys are hosting an event, like there is multiple places where you can, you know, settle in and have a cocktail, like, or, you know, check out each space and like stop at the cocktail place. You know, it's, there's options. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, you know, again, we go back to like the experience thing. It just is an experience and it should be. And I think that that's something that we've always brought to the tables that, you know, you're not just coming there for a good meal, which you're going to get. And it's great food and, you know, really well-made cocktails, (laughs) but you're also going to get the experience of it. Yeah. And I usually give champagne on the tour, too. I don't know if that makes it more enticing to uh <laughs> I'm sure that people are like, ooh. <laughs> well, they're, they're more inclined to hear the history of the boat after a glass of champagne. That's for sure. <laughs> it it brings a bougie level up to the tour. And, and don't worry. I know my audience, too. So I can tell if somebody's not into the history and I'll skip to the good part. I can get right to that. <laughs> Perfect. Now, I want to also mention because... Um, I think over the summer or the beginning of uh, spring, I should say, you guys had launched your um, your brunch. Are you still doing the brunches? We are. Yeah, we do brunch on Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday is 11 to 2.30. Sunday is 10 to 2.30. Uh, we do have a bunch of brunch cocktails, the mimosas. We do the seasonal bellinis. And then, of course, you know, all the crab eggs benedict and and the good stuff uh we're pretty well known for the crab cake there as well so mixing that in with breakfast you really can't go wrong but we do we do brunch every saturday and sunday as well yeah and especially in the summertime we do we have the decks open so we do seating outside this year with the weather we're able to start pretty early we actually started like end of march early we had a bunch of like 70 degree days um, and we went through to the end of October this year, just being able to seat outside and, you know, enjoy the brunch on the deck and a couple mimosas. It's definitely something where it sort of takes you out of the city, too. You don't really feel like you're on Penn's Landing in Philadelphia. <laughs> it, the view and the mimosas take that away pretty quickly. Now, speaking of taking you, whisking you away, um, Christmas season is upon us. So I should say the holidays because it's not just, you know, Christmas that's celebrated. But um, do you what can we look forward to with the holidays coming up? So we're trying something this year with Christmas Eve that we haven't done in a while. So the the boat used to have a pretty expansive um, brunch buffet right around Christmas time. And of course, with COVID, that changed a lot of people's desires for brunch and for for buffets, at least. And so we've kind of let it sit for a little while and haven't really had that on the plate. And we're going to do it for Christmas Eve. So we're going to have a big, old-fashioned Christmas brunch. Um, So people can go to the website. It's mishulu.com. You can make reservations right through there. The Christmas Eve brunch menu is on there, available. And it's just, I mean, that place when it's decorated too for Christmas, the amount of just the lights and the trees and everything, it's an experience. And it's nice, like, bring the family, do pictures, the whole thing. Yeah. Now, are you going to have a huge um, New Year's blowout as well? So New Year's Eve is our thing, right? This is what we're, every year, we're, (laughs) we get to... I mean, throughout the year, we spend, you know, the best parts with everybody with weddings and birthday parties and celebrations. Um, And then New Year's Eve, we get to host the biggest party of the year. 
So this year, the same thing we did last year, we have a VIP ticket so mm-hmm. that, and again, this is all on our website. The VIP ticket gets open bar, champagne, uh, there's a full buffet, there's past hors d'oeuvres, and you get a table and you get a server, which I feel like that's a part we added last year and that made a huge difference. Yeah. So people being able, like, you have a place to camp for the night. So you have your your table space. We have a jazz band in one room in the ballroom. We have DJs outside. We have acoustic music in the dining room. So you can kind of pick your spot for the night and you can go anywhere on the boat. Um, it's just that it's again, it's just a giant party. We also have, if that's not, if people want to come a little bit later, we have the general mission ticket. So that's 150 and that's the champagne and that's the open bar for the rest of the night. And then we're also doing just the regular dinner and that's three to six and people can come in, just enjoy dinner. We find that like a lot of people sort of shy away from the city too, after a certain point on New Year's Eve. Yeah. But uh, the big party, I think last year we did about 850 people and it was the most fun I've had in, at a New Year's Eve party there. It was <laughs> it was a blast. I mean, I felt like we were walking around. I was walking around handing out party favors and hats and just talking to people, passing out champagne, which I'm really good at. So everybody wants that skill. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it, it's a big party. And last year, I felt like it was the first time that people just sort of tables were partying with other people that they've never met before. Yeah. So everybody, it just turned into one giant party and it was all of these strangers and everybody just had a great time. We all counted down to the fireworks and everybody made their wishes for the new year. And it, it was, uh, it was fabulous. And I'm glad that um, you were able to express that because I feel like people have to make reservations ahead of time and buy their tickets now, which is why I wanted to address that. But we unfortunately ran out of time. So let our listeners know where to find you online and in person. Yep. So mashulu.com and my links are also on the website as well. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs, Michelle. Yes. And I will be happy to host you anytime soon with Champagne Waiting. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we will be right back after this short break. <laughs> Join us on Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-hosts Jean Blum and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker. Thank you and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I am on with Timothy Rockermore and Andre March, who own Africa Bar. Thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> no problem. I'm not going to digress from what you're on here for. Let our listeners know, how, because you both have a history in the fashion career industry, like a solid career in it. How did you go from being in the fashion industry to, to owning and operating your Africa bar? Andre, you want to go and take a shot at it? Nah, go for it, man. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so originally, I'm from, from Houston, Texas, and I've always been interested in fashion. So I traveled from Houston to New York to sit at the Fashion New Technology. I studied um, advertising, uh, menswear, as well as um, pattern making. And then right after graduation, I started at the uh, Rylander Mansion for Ralph Lauren. And that's where me and Andre had met. So, of course, with our love of fashion and watches and all of the things regarding culinary as well as chocolate, through the years, he would always buy chocolate before, after doing work. And he would always, you know, just, just share. And during the pandemic, we just got the brainstorming and talking about 
a actual brand, a product which we can start together. And with his knowledge and my knowledge of design and putting things together and all the years of brainstorming, we just thought, why not just do chocolate? I mean, we enjoyed so much. We've done so much research. But then after doing all that research from going from concept to tangible product, we knew that it was a really great learning experience from the manufacturing as well as the sourcing and all the good stuff. But it mainly started through fashion, our individual love of chocolate, and just bringing that together with our overall passions and understanding palette and Andre's understanding of luxury watches and wine and so on and so forth. So I do know you source from Africa, hence, uh-huh. I'm assuming, hence the name. Yes. So have you through the fashion industry, traveled back and forth for the farms that's where you source the chocolate from? No, we haven't had to do the actual traveling as far as that goes, because what a part of our research, we were looking at, okay, well, if we're going to source directly from that, how is everything going to work in regards from going from the farmers to the actual factory? So our research showed that it would be much more cost effective and reasonable to just go ahead and find a manufacturer that all had all the particular licenses and had went through all the different processes to actually go from that sourcing to actually make our actual tangible product ourselves as opposed to investing millions of dollars and going through all the certifications and all the machinery to do it that way. So we haven't had to do all that. Gotcha. Now, I'm a lover of chocolate. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I grew up eating chocolate. I've I've tasted truffles. I've tasted all, mm-hmm. di- you know, the chocolate bars. What distinguishes your chocolate from other chocolates that are out there? I would say then the number one distinction is the way we just really played around with the overall percentages. Because when we were thinking about the, the flavorful profiles to come up with. Andre and I, we both love dark chocolate, but we played around with the percentages regarding the feedback we had gotten regarding people saying, oh, dark chocolate is a little bit too bitter. So we went back and forth with just different percentages of level of cacao that's in it. And then we found this really great percentage that based upon the feedback, will actually really work. So when someone says they don't necessarily like dark chocolate because it can be too bitter, the Africa bar chocolate with the, the way that we balance the, the different notes, that's what I believe ultimately really sets it apart. Yeah, I mean, with with the, with the like, for example, the milk chocolate, it's a very r- random percentage, but based on just constant tasting, it's about 36%. Now that can seem high for milk chocolate, but on the palate, if it's too milky, it, it it doesn't finish well. With ours, it finishes more clean. That was uh, one of the main sort of catalysts to drive whatever percentage it landed at. We didn't really mind if it was a random percent. We just wanted the taste to be really dialed in. The dark chocolate is 55%, which is dark enough for you know connoisseurs, but just balanced where someone who may not be a big lover, but wants to try it, will enjoy it as well. Yeah. And I saw on your website that you have a 70% cacao um, as well. Mm-hmm. So that's probably for for individuals that, that really love, because I, I, I love a dark chocolate and sometimes I'm just in the mood to have that 70% where it has the, the bitter note. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, what was your process uh, in order to make that, you know, more of an elevated chocolate and more like tempering it so that it, you know, broke the crystals down and and enhanced right. the flavor. Well, that overall process is going back to our research, dealing with the different manufacturers. And we say, you know what, this needs to be elevated from just the outside, just the, the way you even just, I don't know if you can see the actual the box or anything like that, but just from the initial look of the overall packaging to when you take the bar, you see the gold, which represents the gold of Africa. And then when you 
take the, the chocolate out, just looking at the overall beautiful continent of Africa. And then we just wanted everything to be gleaming. And we just looked at these different flavor profiles and went back and forth, back and forth, and looked about and understanding the, the level of, let's say, sugar that may be involved, the level of um, cocoa butter that may be involved, and just getting these different samples and going back and forth, trying them with water, trying them with champagne, trying them with wine, and try to figure out what's the best overall approach to find the, the right percentages and the right finish. So it was, I'm going to tell you, a, a beautiful yet still painstaking process. <laughs> well, yes, man. Yeah, even, even with the... The interior packaging, you know, one will notice when you open most chocolate bars, it's like a perfect packaging inside. But we went away just a little bit to ensure one thing, that the packaging was a little bit longer than the bar. Mm. Why? Because when you open it and if it's if it's not long enough, even though it's in a box, air can still get in. So you can actually fold it over because it is longer and yeah. then seal it back in the box. It's just little details. You know, it's a it's a it's a premium chocolate, but little details and the simple simplicity of how it was packaged, even the way the box feels, you know, coming from the background, it's like touch feel, it's all little nuances that create just a nice experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then also going back to the overall packaging as well. We spent a, a great deal of time just looking at it from a design standpoint. We have a very uh, clean design approach. And we thought that as we begin to expand into different flavors, we noticed even on the market, there are a lot of other different brands who have what we would consider maybe busy packaging. We wanted something really nice and clean so that no matter what the box color is, the gold outline of the continent of Africa, which is I really iconic, would still just really just stand out. Yeah. And I mean, wanting to stand out is is definitely a way to market yourself. Um, mm. And especially like in the fashion fashion world, I'm sure mm. you're well versed in being able to do that. Um, but how are some of your flavors? Because I think that you have a um, an almond version mm -hmm. version as mm -hmm. well, and a uh, I think I believe a pecan one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well. That well, even with just selecting the first range of bars to come out with, we did a lot of research and just looked at a lot of the different brands that were on the market. And we even just did research as far as finding a few brands that stated that, okay, if we were going to come out with the range, we would make sure that we had a bar with particular nuts in it. That was um, some feedback which we got from even other brand owners said we should have released this. So we looked at, okay, we definitely need a milk chocolate because that's what most people are actually familiar with. And then we definitely want to go with a dark chocolate because, you know, people who really are into chocolate really like dark chocolate, but we really wanted to um, be a, have a, I would say rather a democratic flavorful profile to it. And then we definitely wanted to add something with the nuts. And then when it comes to the, the caramel version, we didn't necessarily want to go with a gooey caramel, but something more of a dry caramel, but that was still really nice and subtle. So that was why we decided to come out with these original four bars. And then, of course, we definitely have other bars slated as well. And Andre can speak to that more. I was going to ask, um, and, and pointedly to Andre, because I felt like I, I feel like, you know, you were the connoisseur who was introducing Tim to all the different chocolates and, and whatnot. So what other flavors do you have coming out? Can you talk about them? Yeah, so we will introduce. I mean, we're both kind of sores, but we we <laughs> we will introduce two other bars, um, and they're going to be based in CBD. 
Uh, I can't give out too much details, but the way they're going to be based is going to be based on a mood, a relaxation mood or an energetic mood. And the boxes will have that color palette to spark that mood as well. Okay. Because we we, we want even when you look at the box, just sitting on your table, you get a little smile because you're like, man, that was nice. That's a beautiful box. Like, you know, it's just the little things like when you have a coffee book, coffee table book on, on, on your on your table you know you read it but you just look at it and you just admire it because of the detail that was put into like a nice coffee table book on the outside as well as the inside yeah now i will ask because i it it was something that i thought of given your history both your histories within the fashion industry i've seen some very um outlandish outfits created from objects that just make zero sense to wear on a regular basis but i'm almost wondering like have you have you taught had chats with i mean maybe i'm 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 ruining something if i ask this but have you ever had chats with like uh fashion designers or celebrities like you know that want to create something utilizing chocolate like have you ever thought to do something fashionable like beyond just the the bars well, well, yes. Well, to, to answer you, like your first part of your question, the reason why you see these really outlandish outfits is number one, they want to gain press because even certain particular brands, they may have their core brand or product, which really drives the business, which can be relatively wearable or you would say basic or classic. But you always want to have those standout pieces that gains press. Yes, it doesn't necessarily have to be practical, but it gets press so that it gains attention for the actual overall brand. Now, with us, we weren't just looking at chocolate just for the sake of chocolate, we say, well, since we definitely have a fashion background, we say, how can we actually scale the brand into other different other areas as well? So we decided to take the logo, which we spent so many, so much time refining and thought that, okay, wait a minute, if we're going to have this logo, how can we scale it onto apparel and other goods as well? So, which is why we also decided to introduce really nice hoodies, but really hoodies that have a really nice clean aesthetic to them where the kangaroo pouch is not on the outside it's more on the inside to give it more of a slimming silhouette as well so yeah i was gonna actually reference um some of the Mm -hmm. clothing that you had on because obviously with within the fashion world you're gonna have Mm -hmm. something you know available are you expanding on your line as well yes we'll definitely be expanding on that as well it's just that we'll get certain developmental ideas and whether it be hats or either um, things regarding around cycling, especially since Andre's a really big avid cyclist as well. It's just about getting the materials, testing them out, make sure they're correct. And even just scaling into other things where people who just enjoy chocolate and whatever else they may want to pair the, the actual chocolate with. And we have other things in development as well that we're just consistently Thinking around with different recipes and doing the proper sourcing. He's like, Andre, do you, do you want to talk about that? Which What else we're uh, Yeah, I mean, for, for us, we want to be a, a brand that sells chocolate, not just a chocolate brand. Yes. You know, it, it, we want to expand into a lifestyle. Yes, we're not going to go and, you know, necessarily like make a, you know, couture line, but you never know. But we want to keep a lifestyle healthy we want to tap into what we're both passionate about and and jump into that i mean this we have a five plus year roadmap of what we want to do and it's you know 
really mind-blowing some of the things that we've come up with in terms of marketing, but actual products based on the Africa Bar lifestyle. You know, um, it's universal peace, love, happiness, and chocolate, you know, is one of our things, uh, our sayings. Another one is, you know, charity is sweet because part of the brand ethos is we want to provide, you know, living wage for the farmers in Africa and community outreach, whether it be here in America or even, you know, in Jamaica, my, my original homeland. Um, so just create an atmosphere of positivity around everything that we do. You know, if you look at the hoodies, they have a little chocolate emoji on the sleeve. So a little cheekiness to add to, to, to that that piece of clothing you know we'll we'll have hats and other things coming down the pipeline yeah now if somebody goes to your website and orders one of the hoodies and in down the line a, a hat would you give them a like little indulgent sweet treat oh yes yes, yes definitely <laughs> oh yes absolutely i mean it, it's it's you know you rarely run into someone that says i don't like chocolate <laughs> Don't remember. Yeah, maybe. And sometimes don't. people say, I need some chocolate. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I need room. some chocolate. Yeah. And and I mean, if you can, you know, we'll we'll have a little bit higher, you know, sort of higher end line um, to really tap into exotic flavors. I mean, I want your eyes to roll back. You know, we want to we want to evoke a feeling of when you sit down. And you open up a beautiful little box of chocolate, something more artisanal, mm-hmm. and you pick up one. Literally, you want to finish the entire box as the first one is that. We, we want to create that. We want to take you away from your daily monotony just with a little bit of chocolate. Simple. Which is a beautiful thing. Um, and something where I, I mean, myself as an avid chocolate eater would probably <laughs> indulge in. And, and I... When I was younger, I probably would have just opened it up and foregone, like, the idea of, like, in, indulgent, but, like, enjoy every l- little morsel, let it play mm-hmm. off my palate. This is a chocolate where, you know, it is more indulgent and you have to let it linger on your palate. Mm-hmm. So That's actually important that you say that as well, because even when we were doing tastings, that a lot of people, they didn't necessarily know, of course, you can eat however you want to eat, but of course, to be able to pick up all the different notes of the chocolate by simply letting it, you know, melt on your palate as opposed to just biting right down and just continue to to nosh on it. But really being able to have the sensibility to understand, okay, well, make sure you inhale it and going through your nose and really just sometimes even just close your eyes so you can get more levels of nuance, flavor into it. And then when you tell people to do that without telling them, okay, well, you're going to taste this, taste that, and I will ask them, what do you taste here? Oh, I taste this. Oh, it has to taste more vanilla. Oh, this tastes a little bit more floral. And just ask them to write it down. They say, wow, it's amazing how you get more nuanced flavor when you maybe close your eyes and just really just allow the chocolate to melt on your palate. And um, and it's something that I would love to do and play with too. Like, cause mm-hmm. I know, you know, if you drink like water versus wine mm-hmm. versus, you know, something else, you mm-hmm. can pull different flavors off of that. Indeed. Indeed. So uh, or cognac. Hmm? Or cognac. I mean, if you have like a a nice champagne truffle um, and you drink it with a, with a nice glass of champagne, you really will excite the flavors. Just yes. like the right cognac 
or the right glass of wine. But we always recommend first having your first piece with just a clean glass of water. It's a good good advice too, because you can't you can't really know something unless if you have a clean palate in order exactly. to do that. But um, exactly. we unfortunately we're running out of time, so mm-hmm. let our listeners know where to find you guys online and how to order. Yes, um, you can order online at AfricaBar.com. That's A F R I K A B A R dot com. All right. Yes. Tim and Andre, thank you so much for joining us on Food Firms and Chefs. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us, Amber. Appreciate it. It was very sweet to get to know you. Indeed. Thank you so much. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> All right. And we will be right back every week with a new Food Firms and Chefs episode. So tune in to find out who we will have on next. To listen to the rest of Food Farms and Chefs, tune your HD radio to 97.5 WPEN HD2 or stream live from WWDBAM.com.